passionate about the truth of God's Word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is a best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 16 years, mom to four children, not to mention everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. I've got to tell you, in our pre-production show, we just had church up in here. We just had church. We are so ready for you just to get to know Jesus more. And I am so excited about uh, just what we're going to talk about from the scripture today. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about just my, my own life and what's going on in my own world. I feel like, like I've said like 50 times, my kids give me such great content for the show and for anything, for any sort of preaching, anything. Um, And yesterday, last night, my son Moses, he's five, almost six, almost six, ran into our room at about five o'clock in the morning, okay? Um, now I am still asleep at five o'clock in the morning, uh, but he ran in and he was in a panic. And I want to give you a little bit of a backstory on Moses. Moses is one of the most athletic people I have ever met in my life. Okay. This kid has, now I have high energy. I have extremely high energy. I am 40 years old and I am like, like I can hang with whatever until about 930 and then like I'm done hanging. I need to go to sleep. (laughs) But um, Moses is so much like me and that we both have, we're both very high energy people. Okay. He is built like a rocket. I mean, the boy is like solid through and through. He is just an incredible little man. He is good at everything that he does. He, when he picks up a ball, he succeeds. Doesn't matter what sport it's in. Um, he's pushing back on me playing baseball for some reason. I want to sign him up for baseball, but he's like, uh, no mom football. So I, I guess that's not going to happen. But, um, he comes in our room. It's five o'clock in the morning. He runs right up to my husband's side. He always goes to my husband's side. And I asked him one time why he does that. And he said, mom, because when I wake you up, you scare me because you scream. And I do. Every time one of my kids wake me up, it scares me. It jolts me. And I'm like, "Ah!" and I scare them because it's pitch black in the room. So he's like, so I go to dad because he's calmer when (laughs) when I wake him up. It's pretty funny. Anyway, he comes to my husband and he is in excruciating pain. Um, He cannot even hardly breathe. And this is in the middle of the night. So clearly I'm up, Eddie's up. We're we're evaluating his body to make sure like everything's okay. Um, He has this weird thing where he's allergic to ibuprofen. And so we have to keep a watch on the fact if he has a temperature and, you know, it's it's the whole thing. But we surveyed his body and he was saying, mom, my neck, my neck, my neck. And I go to his neck and little man, I don't know if he slept really wrong. I don't know exactly what happened, but he has this, his uh, shoulder blade is swollen and you could see it. And my most vibrant son, Moses, who is athletic, like you would not believe, um, is injured. And we, we give him some Tylenol. We give him an ice pack. We do the thing. I have back problems myself. And so 
I'm, I kind of realized, you know, kind of, I know what he needs. Lay him back down in the bed, 30 minutes. He runs right back to us. Mom, my neck, my neck, my neck. I mean, he heard it. He heard it. I don't know how, but he heard it. He's, we put him back in his bed and about 30 minutes later, he runs back. Mom, my neck, my neck, mom, my neck, dad, my neck. And I'm thinking at this point, like, do we need to take him to the doctor or whatever? We decide to, you know, get him all propped up and give him something to kind of take his mind off of his neck pain. And um, yesterday, the whole day, just about the whole day, he was laying on Eddie or me and he was wanting us to hug him. And I've got to tell you, this is not, this is not my son. I mean, normally he, I make him give me a hug that lasts 60 seconds every day, just because if I didn't, I would never hug him because he has so much energy and he's sitting on me and, you know, he's talking so sweet and you can just tell he doesn't feel really, really good. And it dawned on me where he went first when he was hurt, where he went first. He immediately got up. He felt safe enough um, to get up and he ran straight to his father, straight to his father. And he told Eddie, I'm in pain. I hurt, dad. I hurt. I hurt. You know, and when, by the time I woke up, uh, he was talking to both of us, but he got up and he didn't even stop at anyone else's room. He ran straight to his father. And I can't get that out of my head. I've actually was thinking about it this morning when I was doing my own quiet time Moses as at five years old, you know, we believe that he is set apart for greatness. That's why we, God actually named him Moses three. He was an emergency baby. And for those of you that know the story, we adopted him uh, within two days of even knowing he existed. And, um, the Monday before he, we, we found out that he was even an option for our family. God told me, I'm going to give you a son and I want you to name him Moses. He is very spiritually in tune with things spiritually. You know, if we ask him any question about the Bible, he'll immediately answer like, it's Joseph, it's the shepherd, it's Mary, it's baby Jesus. You know, at Christmas, he was acing all of the quizzes. But it's also interesting to me that he knew exactly where to run when he was hurt. And I think we all can take a nod from Moses today. I think sometimes we will get on social media to sort of appease our pain or we'll Netflix for like five hours just to numb and to pacify our bad days or our bad weeks or hello, 2020, our bad year. Maybe we'll text someone or, you know, maybe we're into alcohol or uh, wine or whatever it is, but we tend as adults to run to multiple other things other than the father. And we can learn a lot from a five-year-old who knows that when they're hurt, they run straight to their father. I want to encourage you today to not, not run to those tangible things when you are hurting. Because you know what? When Moses ran to his dad, we helped. We could help. If he was to go to Grace, Grace, what would she do? She would come down and she would get up at us and say, Moses is hurting. 
If she if he would have gone to Haven, Haven probably would have laughed at him. She's got the this dark sense of humor. If he would have run to, to, to Jude, you know, Jude would have done the same thing. He would have come down and get us. So he came straight to the source. And I think we need right now to take a lesson. God is calling us back, those of us that are hurt, to the source, to his source, because he knows how to fix our hurts. I just thought that was... It was just a really beautiful picture yesterday. Uh, We're going to take a break. Join me after the break for a word from the Word of God. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Be sure to follow Autumn on all of your favorite social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, hey, hey, back from the break. Listen, I felt like it was, I actually felt like God was speaking to me and it wasn't that long ago where um, God was telling me to teach on the beginning. Um, We're doing a series right now on um, Facebook Live about beginnings. Um, but, But when God spoke this to me, I believe this. We are not the same as we were pre-COVID. I just don't think the world is the same. I don't think our outlooks are the same. I don't think we appreciate the same things anymore. I really feel like we've gone from a place of taking advantage of a lot to now a lot of us are realizing how important other things are. And with this new perspective that is beginning in us, I um, felt very strongly and very called to teach on how do you begin well, okay? Um, not, Not only are we just beginning this new attitude, this new outlook on life, we also are beginning a new year. Okay, we're beginning a new season in our our lives. Okay, post COVID, post twenty twenty, um, we're beginning a new year. And I mean, personally, I really don't feel. I know January one is when the the year technically starts, but personally, I don't feel like the world even wakes up until like January fifteenth. I think we just need a couple of weeks to just like. Uh, shake ourselves and, and wake up a little bit, which is why I'm doing this message right now. 
I want to talk to you about how do you begin well? Now, there's a lot of talk about ending well, okay? There's a lot of talk about, you know, make sure you end well and all this kind of stuff. But I think we could talk more about how do we start something well? What does the Bible say about beginning something new well? Whether you're just beginning a new year and your job isn't changing or whether maybe you're pregnant with your first child and you're starting to, you're about to begin motherhood. Maybe you're engaged. Maybe you got engaged over Christmas and you are about to begin married life. Maybe you're changing career. Maybe you're beginning school. I know that this year we are going to have a lot of beginnings in this year. And one thing I did not do in my first marriage, for those of you that don't know, I've been married twice. Okay. Once when I was 18 to 20 two, and I've been married to my husband, Eddie, for almost 17 years, which I absolutely cannot believe we've been married almost that long. It's it's crazy. It just, it flies by. Anyway, I did not begin my first marriage well, okay? Married my high school sweetheart, didn't care about God. I grew up in a pastor's home, but like that, I wasn't even a believer. Okay. I didn't become a believer until I was in the middle of that first marriage. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm living a nightmare. I need a higher power. And that's when I gave my life to Jesus when I was 21. But my second marriage, I am a very determined person. And once God got a hold of my life and my mind, and he had my full allegiance I never, I made a promise to myself, I will never start anything without God again, ever. Because I know what it's like to start it without God. It ends tragically. A lot of things end or they fail or you don't have the sustainability to make it very far. I know what it's like to begin the wrong way. I want to begin the right way. How do I do this? So this th these things I've studied for years, but I 100% wanted to show you from scripture how earth began and glean some of the principles from Genesis 1 for you. This is how you begin anything, okay? No matter what it is that you're facing, this is how you're going, you need to be doing it. I'm going to read um, Genesis 1 and I'm going to read just a few chapters and let's see how this goes. Genesis 1, 1. Don't tune out. I know you guys know this passage, but I, I just feel like there's some principles that we can really uh, cling on to. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning one day. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. God made the expanse and separate the waters, which were below the expanse from the waters, which were above the expanse. And it was so, and God called the expanse heaven and there was evening and there was morning a second 
day. Now, I'm going to stop right there because these first eight chapters tell us so much about how we should begin and what principles we should follow. In Genesis 1-1, and you can jot these down for yourself, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. Now, you say to me, Autumn, that's so elementary and that's so ridiculous. And I mean, I've heard this. I've heard this in Sunday school, whatever. But do you live it? In the beginning, God. Is God before anything you begin? And when I say that, are you seeking him about beginning anything? When you look to a new opportunity or a new relationship, or should we have a baby or not? Should we buy this house or not? Should I go to nursing school or not? Do you put God in the beginning of the beginning, okay? Do you seek him on your face, fasting, praying, say, God, is this the direction that I should be going? Is he in the beginning of anything that you are beginning? And nine times out of 10, and guys, I'm not, I've been in ministry a really long time, but nine times out of 10, I can tell you most people do not start opportunities like this. An opportunity comes and they take it without even praying about it, without even asking God, God, are you in this? Is this the road that you want me to take for my life? They don't bring God in the beginning of a beginning. And that is how that sets you up for failure. It sets you up for disappointment, discouragement. It sets you up for uh, second guessing yourself. Should I have taken this opportunity? Should I not? Should I have made this purchase of a home? Should I not? Should I have bought this car during Corona? Should I not? If God is at the beginning of any beginning and you are seeking him by prayer, when he answers you, that's when you begin. I hope I didn't confuse you by saying beginning so many times. But this is where most people get it wrong. They're so excited about the opportunity that their boss just calls them and and hands them by way of promotion that they forget to consult God. I've been offered a lot of jobs, a lot. Every single time I've consulted the Lord, every single time he has told me, yes, this is of me or no, this is not of me. Whatever he says is what I have committed, my husband and I have committed to do with our life. Why? Because we want him in the beginning of anything that we begin. In hindsight, there has been multiple opportunities I desperately wanted for myself. That looked great. From a worldly standpoint, they looked awesome. They looked great. They looked like they were the next best thing. I remember one thing in particular. I got offered this really high flashy job. And um, uh, when I say job, I have like six. So it's like it would just add on to what I already do. And I thought, man, this would be so good for my career right now. And I wanted to do it so bad. But God put a pause in my spirit about it. And you know what? Not three months later, they laid everybody off that was at this company. 
If I would have taken the job, I would have been in for a big disappointment. But because I put God at the beginning of my beginning and because I listened to him, it saved me heartache. In the beginning, God. That's how you begin anything. You seek him, you get spiritual confirmation through his word, and you move based on what the spirit of God says to you in the word of God. In the beginning, God created. Okay, let's let's go just one more. What is that called? Word. <laughs> That's what it's called. Let's go one more word later. In the beginning, God created. Let me ask you a question. Did you create 2021? No, you did not. You have nothing to do with it, okay? God is the one that is in charge of time. You aren't. Time marches on whether you want it to or not. And I know we wanted it to be marching a lot faster uh, last year. And yet, God created opportunities for us last year to learn from. God creates our year. He also creates opportunities for us. In the beginning, God created. This is important to keep into your mind as you are looking at opportunities. And we have the tendency um, to blow them up in our mind to think we have anything to do with them. When we begin to think that we created opportunities for ourselves rather than God giving them to us, pride often arises. Arrogance often arises. Look what I did for this. We have got to remember as we're beginning that God is the one that creates even the opportunity to begin something. Uh, A lot of people I've talked to, you know, you, you get an opportunity and you're so excited about it, or you meet that guy and you're so excited about it and uh, everything is great and rosy. And maybe you're thankful to the Lord for a very short time. And then somewhere along the way, you feel a little bit entitled to that job or to that position, or to that relationship. And eventually, you know, that's why God told the Israelites multiple times in the scriptures, don't forget, don't forget what I've done for you. We have got to put God as we're beginning in the very forefront of our minds, thanking him, thanking him for the opportunities that he creates for us. God created, without God, you would not be here. He created you. And he created you, your marriage, your family. He created a job. He created all of these these things for you. So in the beginning, God, and then in the beginning, God created, okay? We've got to give honor where honor is due and not have a sense of entitlement, knowing that at any point he can come in and take that opportunity away from you and, and replace it with somebody else, okay? Keep yourself full of gratitude. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. Now, there's two different things that God talks about in in Genesis uh, 1, specifically this first chapter. There were days of forming, and then there were days of filling, okay? This is important for you uh, just to understand and maybe some insight for you. Some days God used to form the earth and some days God used to fill the earth. 
Okay. So if you're looking at uh, the sky, what did he fill the sky with? Well, he filled it with stars. Okay. So he took a day to make the sky and then he took a day to fill it with stars. What did he fill the earth with? Uh, vegetation. So he took a day to form the earth. Then he took a day to fill the earth with the vegetation. So right now he is looking over the earth and it is formless and void. Okay. And darkness is over the surface of the deep. Listen here, as we look at 2021, it is formless and void. And, you know, maybe some of us would say darkness is over the surface of the deep. There is not a form to it quite yet. We don't know. We're in the very, we're beginning it. We're in the beginning of the beginning of it. As you enter this year that is formless and it is void and there's nothing in it quite yet. I want you to take this with you. Uh, the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Now, here we have an example in creation, but as you look at your year, you know, uh, Mike, our producer was just praying in the spirit, like right before we went on the air, it was amazing. It was, uh, it was very powerful. He is like souped up on Jesus right now. And it is so refreshing to see. But as you look at this year that is formless and it is void and we don't know what's in it yet, we have a spirit of God that is right there with you in the beginning of the beginning, looking at it as well. And he has a say on everything but we must consult his wisdom as we move through the year by asking him to do things. Here, here's the next part of that verse. The surface of the deep and the spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. As you are looking at your formless and void year, God tells us things via his spirit when we ask. God um, will let us in on what he's going to do if we consult him. When we pray and ask God to do things for us, he does them. So as you're looking at a formless and void year, what do you want to accomplish this year? What do you want to fill your year with? We know we have a year. There's a form to it. Just like I said, there's uh, days where he formed and days where he filled. But as a child of God, knowing that you have access to a great inheritance of the Lord, what do you want to accomplish this year? What do you want to fill your year with? What do you want to ask the spirit of the living God to fill in your year? That is a beautiful way to begin. What do you see for yourself this year? What do you want to see God do this year? Maybe you want a reconciliation of a marriage, or maybe you and your mom are like on the outs and you want to heal and grow that relationship. Why don't you start right now praying about things 
that only God can do to fill your year. It's amazing how many things that most of what I have lived in my life, I've prayed for. I'm not educated to do. I'm not, you know, I don't, I certainly, there was no even podcast around whenever. <laughs> that like didn't even come until several years ago uh, when I was in college. Like, how do you even, how do you even do that? But I have prayed and I've asked God to fill my life. And I've asked him for impossible things. When I'm looking at my formless and void future, I'm asking him to do things through me that maybe no one else would see. But he sees. And he is able. So as you're looking uh, to this year and it's formless and it is void, why don't you start asking God to do things for you to fill it? Then God said this. He said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, in the Hebrew, the word let there be, you guys are going to love this, is literally haya. It's H-A-Y-A-H, haya. And I think that is hilarious because it's just like a karate chop, okay? Haya, you know, haya, let there be light. But that's literally what it is. I've laughed at that for years, but how does God create? He creates and he fills with his word alone. That's how he created the entire world. And then God said, let there be light. Now he could do it with a thought. He could have done it with whatever, but he chose to do it through his word. So as you are looking at your year this year, and as you are praying about God, what can you fill my formless and void year with? Know this. He will speak to you through his word to create, okay? We have got to get back to basics in this world. We've got to get back to them. I've used basics for 20 years. And, you know, everyone asks me all these, how are you so close to God? I pray and read the Bible. Like, I mean, it's great. I went to Bible school too, and, and that's great. But you know, you don't have to. You don't have to have 700 letters behind your name. Despite what the world says, you have to get a doctorate and all this stuff. You don't. You don't. You have to be committed to learning what God put in the scripture. Are those things great? Yes. Congratulations if you have them. I'm happy for you, but I don't have it. What I do have can't be taught. And it is an insatiable desire to learn about God no matter what. You can't teach that. God gives it to you. So as you are looking at how do you navigate this year, get in the word. Claim the promises of God. Let the word of God become your food. I actually called my dad last night because God told me something. Um, my dad's been a pastor forever. Uh, I'm 40, 41. He became a pastor when my sister was born. 41 years. And I said, Dad, I'm so excited. I feel like God has shared something to me from scripture. And I just, I kind of bounce it off of him. If, if it's like two way out there, he's like, no, that's like your way off. But you know what I've noticed in the last seven or eight years? He didn't say that anymore. This is what his response is. 
huh, that's interesting. I've never thought of it like that. Before he would be like, you're way off base. This is what, no, this is where, but now when I call him to share something, he's like, wow, you just taught me something. God's word is so multifaceted and so deep. No believer will ever get to the bottom of it completely. And as you go through your formless and void year, and as as you're asking the spirit of the living God to fill it with your desires and things that you're praying for to happen this year, don't forget to consult the word of God. There's a reason why God used his word to create. It's because his word still creates things today. Let there be light. And there was light. These are just a few tips, I guess, on how to begin. And I feel like now, maybe more than any time that I've been alive, they are the most important things that we can take into this year. Because God wants to do something great in our country and in our world. And if you don't see that, get in his word. God wants to do something great through your year. God doesn't want 2021 to catch you off guard. He wants you to be armed with truth on how to move through it. So I hope this encourages you today. I will be back after the break with a question from one of you. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, guys. I am back from the break. I have a question from uh, Stacy. Her name is Stacy. Hello there, Stacy. Uh, lately, anxiety has encompassed my life, but I cannot figure out what specifically is causing anxiety. God has blessed me and continues to answer my prayers but I feel like something is just wrong. What can I pray to rid myself of this? So welcome to the world of club, Stacy. I think everyone and their mom is struggling with anxiety. And let me just tell you, um, anxiety is not from God. Now it's a normal emotion. We can get anxious 
Uh, we can feel anxious. We can feel doubtful, but that is not something we need to live in. Okay. A feeling for a short time is one thing, but making it a way of life is not something that we can live in. Let me preface what I'm getting ready to say, because I know you will reach out to me. Sometimes you need to go talk to a counselor, a biblical counselor, and they can direct you further. I'm just going to talk about this from a biblical standpoint, okay? Some people need a little bit extra help. I totally get it. I totally understand. So let me preface that before you send me your emails. But I will say this, Stacy. I have been through seasons that um, anxiety just kind of seems to fall on me like a, like a, a tsunami. Okay. And I can't seem to shake it either. What helps it is reading verses like be anxious for nothing. You know, that verse in scripture was not a suggestion. It was a command. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and petition, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God shall guard your hearts. I think one of the things that we need to understand is sometimes we can go into anxious times and there is a cause for it. I mean, the news right now is ridiculous, you guys. If you feel anxious after watching the news or scrolling through Facebook or or whatever, it's time to starve that thing that is causing you anxiety, okay? Turn it off. Do something else. Take a day to yourself, whatever it is. But the Bible clearly tells us, be anxious for nothing, okay? That is the command. And a lot of times, sometimes I just need someone to look me. I don't don't need to pray about it. I need the Bible to just kind of come up in my face and say, there is nothing to be anxious about. Anything that you're anxious about, you need to convert to a prayer request asking me to overwhelm you with my peace. And I think we stop at being anxious and we don't convert to prayer as often as we should, because he promises the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He promises that when we convert that anxiety to prayer is when we feel the anxiety and we don't convert, we start wearing the anxiety. That is an opportunity for us to get rid of it, for us to put it in the hands of the Lord. A lot of times I pray this prayer, God, what I am struggling with is not my problem. It is your problem. And when I read now, God knows it's his problem. He knows it's not my problem. He knows that he's got a way that's planned um, to fix whatever it is that I'm feeling anxious about. But when I recite that prayer to myself, it reminds myself that it is not my problem. It is God's problem to figure out and to work out. And, and Stacy, I'm praying for you that you have that kind of stubborn faith where you can feel anxious, convert it to prayer and say, you know what, God, this is not my problem. This is yours. You work it out and release it to him. Say, see, another thing that I would uh, say do is turn on what I I would ask you this. What are you filling your mind with? I, I mentioned the news earlier, but what are you filling your mind with? What is constantly going in your mind? Uh, what we put in our mind, you know, we manifest in our bodies. What are you putting in your mind? And that might be a place where we need to stop and pull back what we put in our mind. Years and years ago, about 20 years ago, I realized I can't watch horror movies. They're terrible. 
Um, and so I don't. It's really funny. My um, people talk about wearing even a scary movie I don't like. I mean, because it puts things in my mind that I know that I don't do well with. So maybe it's something that you're putting in your mind that you're not realizing is really driving your anxiety level high. I hope this helps you. I think a lot of us are kind of in the same boat right now, but you have to constantly go back and feed your mind the bread of life. That is the word of God. Okay. Uh, Thank you, Stacey. I'll see you guys uh, right back here next week on the Autumn Miles Show. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show.